Hello, hello, my name is Clark Heron, a.k.a. The Harry Hobo, and welcome to episode three of A.k.a. Sports. And with me, as always, the man, the myth, the legend, simply known as Fletch. Fletch, how's your week's been going? Hey, man, week's been going amazing. Got caught up on some good sports, had some big stuff going over this going go on over this weekend. So, uh, I mean, here we are, another episode for you guys. How about you, man? I am doing quite well trying to stay inside since it's a little hot outside. But I do enjoy our sports, especially with NFL training camp that we'll touch on, uh, the end of the Olympics that we'll touch on as well. Uh, but, but before we get into it, I want everyone to know that you can find us in multiple locations. If you've been to our Anchor site, anchor.fm slash aka sports, you can see that we are on Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public and even Spotify. So yes, simply go to anchor.fm slash aka sports. It will easily lead you to one of those six spots. And you can also check us out here on YouTube as well as facebook.com slash aka sports. And really, Fletch, before we really get into the whole sports world, um, I want to ask you, what are some of your eh, some of your favorite, more of like an adult-style uh, animated cartoon that you like? Uh, and then we'll get into the big real winner of of this past week. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, I have to go number one, and for me, it's Family Guy. Uh, Family Guy. I'm gonna follow that up with The Simpsons. Nice. Um, man, I'm kind of tied between a few, but the third one, the third one, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go with South Park. I'm going to go with South Park. What about you? Interesting. Uh, Simpsons are definitely up there for me. I think some of the uh, ones that I like are a little bit off kilter, especially if you're more of an adult swim fan, like Robot Chicken is definitely okay. up there for me. Love the comedy. Um, also, Samurai Jack, absolutely gorgeous animation. Love that series. Hopefully, uh, I think they tried to continue, and I think they've already have. So I'll have to deep they dive did. back into that. I'm very excited for that. But the real winner this week, the one you mentioned third, South Park, signing one of the biggest, richest TV deals of all time, $900 million to basically make more movies, six more seasons. Uh, Fletch, number one, you got to be happy for South Park. And number two, why wasn't this just a billion-dollar deal? Let's just make it really big. Hey man, South Park just got to that bag. Oh, that's that's gonna be crazy. So, you said more movies, more series, and you know, as long as long as we got more more things that they could just pick fun at, you know, that's that's gonna be fun, man. I'm 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 all for it. They they gotta keep going. They gotta keep going. You go until it dies. Yeah, and it's one of those series, just like The Simpsons, where it can reset after each and every single episode. So it makes it much easier just to keep on going. And again, $900 million, <laughs> and you thought you wanted to play football. Talk about that. Just draw something. Go out there and animate stuff, make fun of people, and guess what? You're going to make some money. Oh, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and move on to the sports world, where the Olympics have just finalized. They have uh, finished up. Um, what a great Olympics for the U.S., who finally edged out China for the gold total. They have 39 versus 38, and they were already having the total uh, number of medals nicely in hand, uh, taking care of business there at 113, China at 88, and then uh, the ROC, or basically Russia, uh, at 71. Fletch, uh, any final notes that you can think of that you see in this past week about the Olympics and maybe some of your favorite moments overall? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm glad we eked out the the gold medal count there. I know, like you said, the full medal count was kind of a done deal, if you will. So, but no, nah, I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Like like I mentioned, I had a couple favorite sports that I definitely enjoyed watching, and then. You know, obviously, you got your headlining sports for, for 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 us and what we what you know what our expertise is, if you will. But one shocking thing was the the loss for our women's uh, soccer team, uh, losing and then coming back and getting the getting the bronze medal instead of the gold. So I know they took that loss to Canada. Canada ended up, I, I believe, winning the gold. Um, let me see, yeah, over Sweden, over Sweden. So that was interesting. Um, yeah, both men's and women's basketball wrap up. Both brought home the gold for us. Um, kind of ironic. I think they said this was the first time that the uh, the gold medal winner had lost the opening game. So our our men's team struggled early on. Women's team struggled early on. They both pulled it together and, and had big wins there in the in the final. Kevin Durant played great. I don't know if you got to check out much of the games. I know they're at like twelve one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> but uh, KD is uh, now probably regarded as the best. NBA or basketball Olympian we've had uh, three gold medals. Um, each gold medal game that he's played in, he's had 30 points, 30 points. I think one of them might have been 31 and then 29. So he's averaging basically 30 gold medal games. Um, that's a lot. That's a, that's saying a lot, especially when the scores are under 100 most times. So um, he's taking home, you know, a third of the scoring load there. And then Asia Wilson is to be. Noted, noted as well for the women's team. I think she's now what college champion, college player of the year, rookie of the year, MVP, gold medalist. Um, yeah, That's man, like Ness stuff right there. <laughs> hey, she's only like 24, 25, I believe. So, I mean, the legacy's on its way. Nothing wrong with that. And yes, I would also uh, talk about Kevin Durant. He really turned it on when Team USA actually needed somebody to do so. Very uh, Luka Donich-esque for the most part before he got hurt. He was having himself one of the best Olympics. I think he even turned in a triple-double this year as well. Um, Didn't quite get it done for Slovenia. But uh, congratulations to both U.S. men and women's teams for bringing it home for gold in basketball. Um, some of my other favorite moments, I actually watched some equestrian uh, this past weekend on uh, Saturday, or on Friday. Um, unfortunately, I was stuck in the hospital Friday morning, but I was watching equestrian. And there was a horse that literally did not want to jump over a wall. Um, so I felt bad for the rider, but... Uh, they kept going. It was a team event. Uh, I did hear later on that one of the writers, unfortunately, did not get to go for gold simply because their uh, coach decided to punch the horse for not being able to jump over the wall. So they got disqualified. He got banned. Right. It's it's very unfortunate. Uh, so that's one of the downsides of the Olympics so far. But another big one that I like to see was uh, Mr. McGee for the men's basketball team. He now joins his mother as a gold medalist she won it back yeah. in 84 i believe uh for the u.s women and he is a gold medalist as well so congratulations to them and also a big shout out to simone biles for overcoming that mental health issue coming back and finishing third in the beam uh, hopefully she can continue to gain well and get uh, get healthy. Uh, but again, congrats to every single one, both U.S. and foreign, uh, who was able to medal or compete in any amount of Olympiad. Uh, 
I know I can't. So unless ping pong <laughs> really lowers their standards, uh, maybe I have a chance. But uh, once again, congratulations uh, to all the Olympiad. Uh, moving on to a little bit sadder news, we have Lionel Messi. Uh, he is actually going to leave Barca and going to Paris Saint-Germain, or PSG, better known. Uh, Fletch, tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so, I mean, we know for sure he's he's gone from Barcelona, which was a little shocking to us on the outside looking in, if you will, because, I mean, you got to kind of compare a guy like that to somebody like, you know, like a Kobe Bryant or Dirk Nowitzki, who's been on the same team for as long as I remember. So uh, the fact that he's leaving is kind of odd or it's sad, if you will. And I don't know if you saw the press conference and everything earlier. So um, he wasn't, you know, he was kind of in the same mode, just, you know, sad at it coming to an end, if you will. But on the flip side, I mean, the, the the overarching thing is uh, there's a lot of, you know, corruption or uneasiness in, uh, in FIFA. So I think this was something that I, I want to say Barcelona, what, the, what they end up doing is actually blaming La Liga. Uh, La Liga obviously is uh, Spain's big league. You got Barcelona, you got Madrid, who uh, uh, Ronaldo just left from just last year. So um Top, I don't know. Would you say maybe three league in the top, top one, two or three leagues in the in the in the world actually? So they actually want to say 2013 uh, was what I read is that they lowered almost almost not so much lowered how much you could pay someone, but I guess you you can say that it, it basically a salary cap. Soccer was kind of like baseball at one point. There was no salary cap, for instance, to kind of you know put this more so in American sports terms is how the Yankees, how they were able just to go out and give anybody the check is what they used to do. That's what you were able to do in soccer until this cap happened. And what happened is they just couldn't pay Messi. Now, this should have been a long time coming. They should have known. What I do understand is that they did try to get rid of some guys um, in, in um, you know, out, out in the transfer market, kind of like free agency, if you will. But no one was willing to take these guys' contracts on. Nobody was willing to pay enough to pull some of these guys off the team. So that way in, in return, Barcelona was able to pay Messi. So, and if you remember, there was the whole Super League about to start over in Europe with top teams across the board. And, you know, you really just didn't, you know, they, they, things didn't really go as they should have went with that. And now here you are, everybody still has their own league, if you will. And, you know, now everything's kind of at a standstill with that. And it translated into kind of a bit of chaos. And I think that's what we're starting to see right now. So, Yeah, I totally agree. And I did read a little bit into that as well, uh, seeing the basically what the salary cap that you mentioned going from $600 million down to $200 million. That is a huge decrease. Uh, it would be something similar to the NFL basically having like $20 million being removed. Most teams maybe be okay, but a lot of the teams that maybe were only $5 million or even just $10 million over, uh, yeah. they're in some big trouble trying to find some players to either remove or restructure their uh, their payments or uh, their contracts and, uh, and such. So that is huge. So it doesn't shock me that they had to get rid of Messi. Obviously, he was willing to do just about whatever uh, he could to try and stay in Barca. Unfortunately, yep. it didn't work out. So hopefully good yeah, luck man. to him and uh, Paris Saint-Gobain as well. Yeah, P P PSG is in, is in good shape moving forward. As long as all the reports are true, um, you know, again, Sadie's leaving, but here we are. So um, if you guys remember, 
he played with uh played with Neymar in Barcelona. Neymar left Barcelona for PSG. They're still good friends. You bring him over there with with Kylian Mbappe, uh, uh, fr- the best Frenchman uh, forward in the country right or in the world right now. So you got a a, a formidable lineup. Um, I saw a post the other uh, earlier this week when it all broke down and the news was coming out that he's probably going to go to PSG. They likened it to James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Um, so that just goes to show you again, putting that more so in our American sports terms, how potent this offense is about to be. And they were, I believe, they were uh, second place in the the league, the, the the champions tournament just recently. So, I mean, you add the best player in the world, arguably, um, sky's the limit. It's, it might be a bit crazy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can stay under the salary cap themselves. But as of right now, just like you mentioned, uh, they're going to be probably the team to beat or one of those high-end teams to beat for sure. Uh, Moving on to the fight result, UFC had its title card heavyweight main event, uh, Lewis versus Gain. Uh, I didn't watch any of it. I summarized it uh, basically looking at ESPN. Uh, Fletch, what did you see in that fight, if we can call it a fight? (laughs) <laughs> it was one-sided to say the least it was one-sided um i mean Derek lewis is, is no knockout artist big guy he be, he's been around for a while um i want to say he had like 10 losses to his to his name and i want I, I believe like 25 wins though so it was a big fight too for the interim heavyweight title so just uh i mean i mean gone was he was he was the favorite coming into the fight he handled Derek lewis extremely well there's a stat that was kind of crazy it was a 98 to 16 advances and significant strikes landed um that moves um eric gone to 10 and 0 overall 7 7 and 0 in the, in the ufc um so what this is also too looks like it might be lining up a title fight between him and uh francis Ngano, uh reigning reigning uh, world champion right now so um that'd be interesting um and Gano tweeted out um during during the match and was impressed you know with the performance so you know I think that's a fight to see you know I would say late this year early next year um if we if we if we hopefully we do see that happen I don't see why we wouldn't that should be the next heavyweight championship fight so we should be excited about that that'd be a good one very nice and we'll definitely keep in touch with that uh, undisputed fight as well um, moving on to the NFL, we've got three big-time stories. Uh, the first big story, let's start off with Michael Thomas and the New Orleans Saints. There's a report coming out of training camp that basically for about three months' time in this offseason, Michael Thomas was trying to be reached by the organization. He basically didn't reach back out to them, didn't say anything about his injury, the potentiality that it might need surgery, which is why what basically led to uh, the head coach not knowing about the surgery, kind of upset with the timing of it. Um We've had some, we've heard about some disputes between Thomas and the organization before. Uh, he was even, evenly, or even suspended one game for a fight with a teammate last season. Uh, what exactly is going on with Michael Thomas? He's supposed to be one of the premier wide receivers in the league. He fought hard to try and play with Drew Brees in his final year last year. And it just seems to be quickly unraveling assuming he can even get back on the field after having surgery. Yeah, it's um it's a weird situation here, Clark. Um the one thing that I guess it seems like Mike Thomas kind of is a, you know, guy that kind of walks his own path if you will. Um so 
I think that's something that the Saints do need to take into consideration, maybe know, maybe kind of monitor the situation a little closely because I don't know if you read the same thing I read. He essentially, he shuts down an offseason. You can't get a hold of this man, you know, until it's time to come back for anything mandatory. So I, I don't know what his relationship is with the team. Maybe it is more of a, you know, I, I, you know, the players are my guys, but I'm not really here for the whole Saints in the front office and, you know, not loyal to the team, loyal to my teammates kind of thing, if you will. It's kind of, it's the vibe that I'm getting. Um, but I do hope he gets back on the field. You know, I think he, what is he on a pup list? He'll be back like week seven. Is that right, Clark? Uh, correct. He should be. If he's, if he starts the season on the pup list, he will definitely be out the first six weeks of the season guaranteed. Right. Uh, I believe allow his first game to come back. I believe it's a Monday night game against the Seahawks in week seven, uh, oh, or he nice. could come back in week eight to face the Buccaneers or more than likely maybe you might actually see the actual Mike Thomas. If he's fully healthy, be week nine against the Falcons at home. Uh, I'm probably pushing to week nine, if I had to guess, at the earliest based on the timing of this surgery. Uh, but if he does start the season on the pup list, his first week back uh, would have to be week seven, a Monday night at Seattle, which. Again, <laughs> yeah, you're hoping for that, but you're definitely in the mindset that he may not be at his full go that very first week. So for fantasy purposes, it's probably going to be week eight, week nine, before you actually see uh, the real Mike Thomas out there. And another big question is, depending on who his quarterback is at that time, right now it looks like Taysom Hill might be out there more often than not, especially with the receiving core that they have right now. They may be looking to run the ball a little bit more than anything else. Um, but we'll keep an eye on Michael Thomas, like you said, he wants to really have his own space outside of the organization, but at some point, something's going to break the camel's back. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it seems like we're moving steadily to that point, which would be unfortunate because Michael Thomas has had a phenomenal career so far in his young career. He just needs to get healthy and get back to being what he was. Um, moving on to the next topic, we have Xavier Howard. For the last couple years, he has been pushing the organization. He's been wanting to get traded away from Miami. He doesn't like his contract. He's been wanting to try and either really just be traded. But then all of a sudden, he reworks his contract. He says he doesn't mm -hmm. go want to go away from Miami. Uh, Fletch, unless I've missed something, what happened? <laughs> oh, man. I'll be honest. There's no telling. Um, it, it, it sounds like it was some sort of contract dispute that – got rectified but uh, it sounds like he got kind of what he wanted i don't know if he got exactly what he wanted but he had enough to stick around right and also too i, I think it comes from this uh, there was a lot of issues with the team originally where before Tua got there there was like no direction it was almost like a dumpster fire everybody was leaving Tannehill was out of there then from there you had a whole bunch of other players leave and coaching staff changes and it, it was it was pretty tough to bring in Tua. Um, you bring in um, was it uh, Fitz, Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald last year or Fitzpatrick, and uh, you have a good year and I almost make the playoffs. I want to say they missed the playoffs and Fitz, Miss, uh, Fitzpatrick missed that last game that possibly would have got him there if they had won. I think they were just a winning in situation as well. So um, I mean they got a good team now, and I feel like Xavier Howard is seeing that, and you know maybe. Because of that, contract disputes weren't as bad as what they used to be, and now we got a deal, so he'll be sticking around. That's good for that defense. 
definitely good. A very young defense that was really, really good at the end of the last season. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of very good uh, young talent there, along with the maturation of maybe Tua Tungavailoa potentially uh, allowing this receiver core that once they get Will Fuller back from a one-game suspension, uh, could be looking at a very, uh, very good offense moving into 2021, but we'll see what happens there. And then the big winner of the NFL this past week, not as good as South Park creators, but Uh definitely a money grabber himself. Mr. Josh Allen, quarterback of the Buffalo Bills, signed a six-year, let me get this number right, $258 million extension, $150 million of of that is totally guaranteed. he definitely got uh, Stefan Diggs last year. We saw what they did there. He got his passing right. He had a tremendously awesome season, especially for fantasy purposes. He was the number one overall quarterback. Fletch, uh, two questions. Number one, you got to love the deal. I don't think there's anything bad there. And number two, uh, do you think he can run it back again? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Josh Allen's talented, man. Um Oh, we are. We already knew he had that big arm coming into the league, but to saw, to see what he was able to do last year, what he's able to do on his with his legs, um, Stefan Diggs is. I mean, you can go real life football, you can go fantasy football, you can go Madden football. I mean, you got to put this guy in your top five, top six. And I know last year I saw him not quite in a lot of top five list, if you will, as much as I would like to see him in. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's major. And then also too. If, uh, just some small moves. They bring in Emmanuel Sanders, uh, who seems to be the third receiver. Technically going to be your wide out because Cole Beasley's in the slot. So, I mean, but Cole Beasley's more of a second option behind Diggs, and Emmanuel Sanders is your third. And that's a, that's a pretty solid third. He's a vet, got experience, good hands, still pretty shifty. So we'll see what we can get out of him. And Buffalo's in for, you know, bright future. They should be around for a while as long as they can keep that uh, that defense pretty, pretty, pretty intact. I got some good guys on that side of the ball. Um, you're hoping to see like Ed Oliver and guys like that to, you know, get a little bit better too and really help boost that defense for the next decade to come. Cause they, these guys are these guys are stacked. Um, they are gonna be the, the the cream of the AFC East from here moving forward, I would say. Yeah, I absolutely agree, especially if they can get that run game going. I know uh, there's reports coming out of training camp with Zach Moss basically being the lead back as of this moment, which is great. The only question that we've ever had about Zach Moss, even back in his time in Utah in college, was just health. If, as long as he can mm-hmm. stay healthy, I really think this offense can really get a little bit more of a balanced attack so they don't have to worry about Josh Allen trying to run around as much as he did last season. But yes, very, very bright future for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, moving on to the first preseason game, better known as the Hall of Fame game, happened uh, yes, this sir. past Thursday. Um, similar to the fight on Saturday, there was a game. It was there. <laughs> it could definitely be uh, viewed in such a fashion. There was a lot of kicks. There was a lot of misses. Uh, we did see a few touchdowns towards the end of that game. Uh, Fletch, before we get into the inductees of the Hall of Fame, did you see anything in that preseason that got you excited or you were just happy to see football again? Nah, I'll be honest, man. It was kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it was cool to, It was cool that football was back. I'm glad the fans were there. Um, I mean, you had your two starting quarterbacks didn't play, so you knew that kind of coming into the game. Um, the Cowboys really didn't play any starters at all offense. 
Um, I guess the, the things that stand out, I mean, if, you, if you're a Cowboy or a Steelers fan, you had to be happy with, I think, what you saw in Najee Harris. Um, they didn't overuse him. Uh, he had a first down. Uh, looked good with the ball and everything. That's really all you want to see right now. Claypool had a deep catch. Um, looks like he went down for a second and was hurt, but it looks like he might be just knocked the air out of himself with the ball and how he landed on the ball. And then on defense, you had uh, a couple Cowboys stand out. Rookie Micah Parsons was kind of one I just want to mention. I know he was, um, you know, he wanted to go to Dallas. Um, I don't know if you, if, 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 you know, everybody followed that very closely at all, but he wanted to go to Dallas. They drafted him out of Penn State, and, you know, here he is. So he's a, he's, he's a, he's, he's a beast in the making. That's something that defense really needed, and he played well uh, this past week. This past week, it was Thursday. So um, that's one guy to keep your eye out on uh, moving forward, I think. Yeah, I'd absolutely agree. He was a definite beast at Penn State. I think he even sat out last season uh, mm-hmm. to prepare for the NFL, got drafted to a team that he definitely wanted to go to, and hopefully he can have himself a Hall of Fame career, which leads oh, us yeah. into the Hall of Fame inductees of Thursday. What a an amazingly stacked class this one was. Uh, you saw the inductees of uh, the great uh, guard Alan Fanica, coach Tom Flores of the Raiders, wide receiver Megatron Calvin Johnson, the safety now the GM of the 49ers, John Lynch, uh, the great Peyton Manning, who needs no introduction, uh, the mm-hmm. great contributor Bill Nunn, wide receiver Drew Pearson of the Cowboys, and the great cornerback slash safety of Charles Woodson. Absolutely stacked class, obviously headlined by Manning and Woodson and Johnson that's in there. Uh, but it's great to see that Alan Fanica made it in. Uh, it's also great to see, finally see Drew Pearson make it in that obviously was not during my time, not even during your time, I don't believe. Uh, no. <laughs> definitely played and uh, watching some of the NFL films and hearing about uh, some of the uh, older generations talking about him. He definitely belonged in the Hall of Fame. Uh, anything to add to these uh, wonderful inductees in this beautiful class that we have? Yeah, this was a top-notch class. Um, the other ones to mention as well that I think were pretty – I, I kind of want to mention the guys that I want to say really – I mean, we kind of saw a bit of the 90s, a lot of the 2000s. We saw a lot of great football there. And, and then I, and with the waiting period, is like five years. So just some guys notable to mention. You've mentioned a few so far. and Calvin Johnson, Charles Woodson. Um, the other ones that I want to bring up to, I mean, obviously Peyton Manning, that's a no-brainer, but then you have Troy Palomalu and Coach Bill Cowher as well. Um, Jimmy Johnson, who was a coach of those those 90s Cowboys teams that had Aikman and, and Emmitt Smith and um, uh, what's my guy's name? Uh, Michael Irving. Uh, Irving. So this was a very loaded class. Edron James also. So you had that, that off that Colts team, Peyton Manning in the backfield. So it, it, I know you remember growing up watching these guys. You know, my my favorite quarterback growing up was Peyton Manning for for a while. And Charles Woodson, I mean, even as a Buckeye fan, Charles Woodson's amazing. Um, I just saw highlights. He has like 11 pick sixes, I want to say, for his career. And a lot of them were with Green Bay. So uh, we kind of talked about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. That was one of those legends or vets that he felt like got disrespected in Green Bay on the way out. So and seeing those highlights, safe, seeing him in the Hall of Fame this weekend, that was good to see also. So I, that's all I want to mention, man. That Hall of Fame class was stacked. And I've, I mean, we see it every year. We've seen, you know, some some big names go the last few years that we grew up on. But this one, 
this one kind of across the board was really nice. Um, you had a lot of teams represented, especially the Steelers, and they've been dominant just as well as you know any other great team over the last ten to twenty years. So that was it was good to see. It was good to see. It was a great class. Absolutely. And if you haven't seen any of the videos, I'm sure most uh, sports fans, especially NFL fans, have. If you haven't seen the videos of these uh, inductees getting uh, the news either at home or even on set, like we saw with Bill Cowher and Jimmy Johnson, uh, definitely watch those. Those are just amazing moments to just be completely blindsided. Uh, by this news and something that they've been looking forward to. Obviously, some of them like Peyton Manning, they knew they were going to get in. Uh, but a lot of the others, like a Drew Pearson that had to wait quite a while, uh, these are some really good moments for them, f for those families. So again, uh, from both Fletch and I here, congratulations to every single one of the inductees in the Hall of Fame uh, and looking forward to next year's crop uh, to see exactly who could get that news as well. And now, before we head on to our next segment, we will be talking about our sponsor, Legit Framing. Legit Framing is your source of getting your sports memorabilia framed. So if you have a signed jersey, maybe you want your high school football jersey or baseball jersey framed. You just want to fill that wall of your man cave or woman cave. This is the spot to do it. Simply go to facebook.com slash legit framing or send an email to legit framing at hotmail.com. Uh, these are nice wood frames, 24 by 36 inch or 30 by 36 inch. Nice styrene front, easy to clean, beautiful to see through. Uh, two player photos, two team photos, double matted, beautifully put in there. All the materials used are acid free so you don't have to worry about your memorabilia being damaged over time. Again, if you're wanting your man or woman cave to be looking just as good as anybody else's, simply go to facebook.com slash legitframing or email us at legitframing at hotmail.com. Again, let us create your next conversation piece. And now on to the main topic of this week, a very busy week in the NBA. Obviously, we had the finals conclude the week prior, but Eh, the beat does not stop there. We have the NBA free agency where teams were trading left and right, and now they're signing players left and right. And as you can see on the screen, if you're watching us on YouTube.com, and we want to thank you for doing such a thing, uh, you will see five players that we have listed here. We'll be talking a little bit about each of them. First, Fletch, I want you to talk about uh, a couple winners that you've seen in the NBA free agency this past week uh, before we move on to my winners. For sure, for sure. So um, I, I'm outside the box a little bit on my winners that I have. Number one, I'm just going to bring up the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference this uh, this offseason has really shown that they're on the way up. Um, there's a lot of teams that made some moves that have either solidified them in, say, the Brooklyn Nets, bringing in some guys. Patty Mills is notable. Um, you have the Bucks, which brought back most of their championship team. And then on the other side of things, you do have some teams that were middle of the pack that tried to make a little bit of ground with the Bulls and the Heat and the Knicks. Uh, so um, the Hornets also is another team that at least mentioned so there's some teams that are definitely on the rise here. Um, the the Eastern Conference as a whole definitely has improved themselves versus you know I mean I, I was it'd be fair to say it's a two team race with the with the with the Nets and the Bucks with the Nets probably you know your front runners in the East and maybe in the whole league, but behind that you normally have you know only one or two other teams that could really challenge. And now I think that 
the East is filled out to the point where you have a, a conference now that can produce, you know, six to seven, at least teams to mention that has a shot at getting to the title. Um, you know, if the chips fall how they how they may. So that's that's my number one winner is going to be the Eastern Conference. Number two, I'm um, going to go outside the box again with this one. I'm going to go roll with the Utah Jazz. Um, they were the number one seed this past year. The reason why I'm rolling with them is that they did not lose anything. Um, and, but they did gain two players that can definitely play some some good minutes off the bench. And I think that's a little bit of what was missing. You have Donovan Mitchell, who's a good shot creator. You have Rudy Gobert, who's a good rim protector. But he does look a little bit out of sorts in uh, the pick and roll game. And then also you have Mike Conley coming back. Big pickup or big, big re-signing. Three, three years, I want to say $72.5 million. Um, Jordan Clarkson's still there. And then you bring in um um Hassan Whiteside to help out with any any minutes that Rudy Gobert doesn't play. You bring in Rudy Gay, who's still a good shoot, who's still a good player, a uh, good vet, um, kind of a streaky shooter, but when he gets high, he he can definitely fill it up and that gives you a little bit more playmaking that you may have not had before. And just somebody that is a professional and knows the game well um is really going to help out and bring some uh bring a little bit more toughness to this team with those with those big signings. So again, nothing crazy about the Jazz, but you know if you're number one, you want to stay that way. And it looks like going into next year, at least regular season wise, you can be safe to say it. They probably have a top three or four record in the West. I definitely agree with that. Uh, a couple winners that I've seen this past week. Number one, uh, the Miami Heat, a huge signing getting Kyle Lowry, three year, $90 million deal, a re-signing of Jimmy Butler, who assigned a four year, $184 million extension. They brought back Duncan Robinson. They signed PJ Tucker off the, uh, the champion Bucks. So they've made some really key moves to try and get back into the NBA Finals. I like exactly what they've done. This team should be uh, vying for one of the top spots in the East definitely next year. Uh, my next winner is going to be the Chicago Bulls. Now this one's a little bit more controversial, and I'll have you step in here in a second. Obviously they went out and got Lonzo Ball, which is a solid move to go do. Uh, bringing in DeMar DeRozan, four-year, $85 million deal. Uh, they brought in the legend himself, Alex Caruso, from the Lakers, <laughs> um, bringing him in as well. But there's a lot of back and forth on the Bulls being winners. Yes, they made some moves, they made some improvements, but a lot of analysts out there um, are looking at the Bulls as a team that, yes, they improved, but hmm, uh, you just... You're just not really thrilled with it. What more can you talk about? Yeah, it's a, uh, I'll be honest, man. I'm kind of on the flip side. I, I don't know how much of a winner they were this off season. I do think they get better. Um, going into the end of last season, they lost Levine due to COVID protocol and it really took them out the playoff race. I think they would have at least been in the play in tournament. And I think personally had a shot at being in one of those eight spots, um, at, you know, at, at how they were trending before that. But I mean, coming into this offseason, you know, you had to uh, bring in some help. Um, they or or if you just wanted to stay young and stay put. But we knew just how, you know, they, they brought in Levine. They got to keep him happy. Um, you got these young guys on the roster that are actually, you know, working out pretty well for you. But then you kind of hit this hit this bump where it's like, OK, we're building and we're, we're trying to become a good team. And then, you know, we're, we're done with being a bad team. And you're right on that cusp of making that turn. 
You bring in Lonzo Ball, who I think was an amazing pickup for them. But the part that I don't understand is DeMar DeRozan. Was that just a, a pickup to bring in another talented piece? Because I just don't see how he fits. And then in, in return, not only do you bring him in, but you let Laurie Markkinen walk, essentially. Um, his at this point unsigned um talking to other teams right now but it doesn't look like he's staying in chicago and i think that was a big piece you lose somebody that can shoot uh stretch the floor a little bit as a really solid forward in this league um a young rising star rising star if you ask me and you bring in demar Derozan, who i, I love demar Derozan. i just don't think he fits here um he can't shoot from three still he's a good play he's a much better playmaker than what he used to be he can still score anywhere in the mid-range but I mean, how does that fit into a team that's going to be – it seems like they're going to be running pretty fast. And if he's not able to knock down threes and transition, uh, kick out threes to him from penetration from Lonzo Ball and others, Alex Caruso being one of those guys that can penetrate, I just don't see, um, you know, the value in bringing him in after you bring in somebody like Lonzo. Um, so I don't – I wouldn't necessarily call them a loser, but I did would I, I did not include them in, in the winners for that reason. It's just I don't I don't see how that team it meshes very well together. I can understand. We'll definitely have a take a look at it, especially with marketing uh, on the outside, not really being anywhere with the Bulls organization right now. Yeah, it's I definitely have them in the winners column, but I can understand your point as well as a lot of analyst points of just okay, you did some addition, but you also didn't really do as much as we thought you could have so that's why right. a lot of analysts are potentially putting them as maybe one of the top eight teams but could be on the outside looking yeah. in just as easily I, I think they're top eight and i think the the thing i guess that um is the win in this is that you are a better basketball team don't get me wrong you are but i think when you add in alonzo ball who can basically take your team from We'll say hypothetically you finished eighth or ninth last year and he could possibly elevate your team to a five six seed with the way the West is, um, I mean, you got to think you have the Bucks and the Nets in front of you. Philly with or without Ben Simmons, I think what you get in return from Ben Simmons probably is enough to keep them up there as well because that's a really good team, really good coach. Um, and then you have the Boston Celtics that should be coming back next year. You have the Miami Heat that you mentioned, who I also agree is a good winner. The the Charlotte Hornets, if Lonzo Ball plays the whole season last year, they are sitting in the playoffs comfortably versus being in a play-in tournament. Um, is another thing to look out for, especially with the with the few additions that they've made. Um, so I mean, you got you got some teams that I think that are still in front of them. The Knicks, the Hawks, I didn't even mention that you know either are right there with you or possibly a step in front of you. So we'll we'll have to see how it plays out. I do think talent wise, they're probably one of the more talent heavy teams in the league with Levine and um, Lonzo Ball now. Um, you got Nikola Vucevic. You have, you know, DeMar DeRozan, who we're talking about. So, you know, I don't see why they can't fill it up. But that is still the chemistry bothers me a little bit or worries me a little bit. So we'll have to see how that plays out. And speaking of those potential losers, I'll start off that. My first loser of this past week is the Pelicans, uh, simply because where are you? What were you doing? <laughs> Did you do anything? The whole point of Zion Williamson being unhappy with the organization, with the lack of moves, this is not really what he was looking for. Yeah, they made a trade, the upgrade a little bit there, but overall they didn't really make any moves at all. Uh, so this will probably not make Zion very happy and uh, potentially just keep them out yet again another year and could potentially lose Zion in the very near future, especially losing Lonzo Ball to free agency to the Bulls like we just mentioned. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But my other big loser this past uh, week is Dennis Schroeder, uh, the player from the Lakers. Uh, he turned down an $84 million deal from the Lakers. He thought he could make 100 to $120 million on the free market. Uh, at this point, he's still unsigned. So uh, the market is pretty much telling him that he's not going to make that much money. Uh, it may backfire, and it sounds like it may have already backfired on him. Uh, there's a good chance that he won't make anywhere near the money that he was looking for. He'll eventually sign with another team, uh, but maybe just didn't really calculate that very well. Uh, Fletch, who were your losers for this past week for the NBA free agency? Yeah, man. Uh, I'll be honest. I do like your picks to a certain degree. Uh, the Dennis Shoulder take is pretty funny. Um, kind of shot yourself in the foot there, buddy. <laughs> so we'll see what happens next. Um, my, my my losers that I'm going to go with is uh, I got I actually have three on this one, um, and it's some 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 of this is due to lack of moves. Some of this is due to kind of my Bulls point chemistry fit or how much does this really help your team? I'm going to leave this one with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, you are in the process of an off season of where Damian Lillard has been clearly unhappy about what's going on, about the lack of talent that you've brought in to help him out, the lack of success that he's had in the playoffs with four first-round exits in the last five years. Yes, there's a Western Conference uh, title appearance that's included with that, but you got swept by Golden State, so, you know, there's that. He's been out the first round. It's not an issue of Dame Lillard being a good enough player to take you somewhere. We see what he can do. The problem is, is who are you going to pair him with? Is C.C. McCollum going to be that answer? Is Yusuf Nurkic going to be that answer? You brought in no one to really speak of. Yeah, you brought back Norman Powell. Very solid move. Maybe a little overpaid. Five for 90 million. But at the same time, I mean, you brought in basically no one to really help move the needle at all. Uh, I mean, you basically replaced a couple bench players. Nothing really to write home about. I saw Damian Little had a press conference um, after one of the USA games or during the Olympics and whatnot, and it had mentioned, you know, hey, there's some guys on our list that we definitely tried to get. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get them. And uh, the guys that we get, did get, we're happy to have them on our team, and, you know, they should help us out, which, yes, great, great answer. PC answer, if you ask me. I agree to a certain degree. You know, you, you might be exactly where you were last year, but where is that? First round exit, six seed, seven seed. That's not cutting it. So, I mean, they're my number one loser right now just because you have a disgruntled top 10, 12 player in this league and you're not doing – you can't do anything to make him happy. So, um, I'm going to follow that up with another Western Conference team with the Spurs. Um, again, I mean, you bring in McDermott. You bring in uh, uh, Zach Collins. McDermott, a great shooter, but, you know, I mean, you just drafted another shooter in the draft that was questionable. So we're, we're just loading up with three-point shooters now. Not really following what's going on in San Antonio. You lose DeMar DeRozan. Um, you lost uh, LaMarcus Aldridge earlier last year as well to the Brooklyn Nets, now retirement. So, I mean, I don't really know where the Spurs are going. I mean, we, we knew them as being a model of consistency and making the playoffs every year, and now it's like we're on our way to – mediocrity every year so um kind of kind of kind of the opposite direction if you're the spurs and lastly is the knicks and i'm not and the reason why they're last is i'm not saying that it was a terrible offseason it's just one of those off seasons where i mean i think you overpaid a couple guys um i mean i like the kimba pickup to a certain degree but how does he play with derrick rose or you know can derrick rose play off the ball do you trust kimba walker um is the other thing 
Now, I do like the Evan Fournier pickup to a degree, but I don't, again, is he the answer there at your two-guard spot? Uh, how does he play with R.J. Barrett? Um, you know, with having two ball-dominant point guards and Derrick Rose and and um, Kimball Walker, how does Julius Randle fit in that, who also is a almost like a point forward, if you will? So there's some questions to be answered in New York. What I do know is I like their toughness as a team. I do like bringing back everybody that you had. Uh, Nerlens Noel being resigned. Like we talked about Derrick Rose being resigned. You have Mitchell Robinson coming back. I, I like the team. It's just I don't really know what did you do. You were four seed last year, and I can guarantee I named six teams better than the Knicks right now. So, um, you know, maybe you're waiting for something big down the line. Maybe that's why you saw so many three-year contracts as well. That was something that was kind of floated around too. So those are those are my losers. Um, one team that I think we forgot to mention here, Clark, before we kind of dig in a little bit, is the Lakers. Uh, what, what do you think about some moves that they made? Yeah, they've made some good trades to, in order to add to that list and to their roster. Um, but they were, I don't know, it just, they're definitely uh, losers on the front side when it comes to defense. Uh, obviously, you still have Anthony Davis on roster, which is a phenomenal player when healthy. That's the big problem there. Uh, LeBron James, what he loves to do in the free agency, and we've seen it year after year, is he gets rid of the young guys and brings in a bunch of old guys. So you have mm-hmm. a very older veteran team that typically will do some good things. They did a comparison to the 98 Bulls when all their Bulls were older, and they still won a championship. So the championship's still well within range for these Lakers. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just... Man, you would love to see just a little bit of that young grouping of players come in to kind of mix well, but that's just not what LeBron likes. He really likes those veterans to come in, bringing in Carmelo Anthony, who's a year older than he is, uh, bringing in Russell Westbrook, uh, who's probably the youngest of them, uh, <laughs> might be out there, and he's like young, early 30s, I believe, at this point. Yeah. Um, so it's... Very similarly to the Bulls, at least in my mind, where a lot of analysts, there's some positives to it. There's a little bit of negativity to it. Um, but as long as you still have LeBron, if you have a healthy AD, uh, if Carmelo can you know, add to this team just a little bit here and there, I mean, they're still going to vie for the Western Conference. They're still going to be pushing for it. Um, the only downside is if Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, they may be in a little bit of trouble, but I mean, that that would even be with younger talent as well. What's mm-hmm. what's your thought process on your your team, the Lakers? Uh, I think it kind of. So, I want to back up a little bit to rewind, go back in time, go back in time, if you will. Before we got LeBron James, um, or I take that back. Before we got Anthony Davis, what we were worried about is the future, is what was going to be next after LeBron. You bring in LeBron, you would assume this may be his last contract, depending on how durable he, you know, remains to be. Uh, He's had a couple injuries over the last couple years that at least should be noted with the grooming. Um, And then the ankle injury that clearly wasn't fully healthy in the playoffs. So if LeBron can stay healthy, yeah, you'll have a great team moving forward for the next two to three years. But how long do we have LeBron James and what happens after him? Is the question. Anthony Davis is the youngest star, if you will, on the team at 28 years old. He'll be 29 sometime during the season. So you got a star approaching 30. You got another star that's been on a few different teams at this point. MVP, former MVP and Russell Westbrook. 
how long is this level of play for him and his high level of athleticism going to hold on when he's already, like we mentioned, early 30s, 32, and three to four years, you know, we're looking at 35, 36. So, I mean, with that being said, you're really, by by making these trades, one, to get Anthony Davis and losing um, Brandon Ingram amongst a few other players, Lonzo Ball, to be mentioned as well, and seeing these guys flourish elsewhere, now you're kind of in a situ- similar situation where, you let some guys go that were pretty good for you in your in your playoff run the year before and pretty well did did pretty well for you last year. Maybe just needed to kind of have their roles tweaked. And you fill in the roster with just a bunch of old guys who, yeah, I, I, the Lakers are going to be the favorite next year. Um, slim favorites, in my opinion, but they are the favorites definitely in the West next year and one or two overall in the league. But I think when you really look at it, other than being in a win-now situation, what the problem is that a lot of people are going to start looking into – especially Laker fans, because you're worried about what's next. And we kind of went through it with Kobe, you know, we got, we're going through it now, receiving an older LeBron James. And uh, hopefully you squeeze as many titles out of it as you can. <laughs> but, you know, everyone's is, this is the oldest team in the league um, easily. We got guys, I think it's four guys under 30, and everybody else is, I think, 32 plus after that. Now, what I will say as I really like the Malik Monk pickup and the Kendrick Nunn pickup, and I like bringing THT, uh, Horton Tucker back, those are your young guys. So keep in mind for them to play some pretty big roles this year um, to kind of show you what a little bit of the future looks like, and then obviously pair that with Anthony Davis, who should be around for a little while as well, as long as he can stay healthy, like you mentioned. That's kind of what you want to see. You want to see the young guys perform pretty well. Hopefully they come back to us after, you know, they're able to resign for more money. Because I know a couple of those guys took pay cuts. Malik Monk is basically on a minimum contract who's only in his third or fourth year in the league. And then you have Kendrick Nunn who took a pay cut to come play in Los Angeles versus going to a team, you know, like the Knicks or someone who was already prepared and willing to offer and maybe already did offer much more money. So, um, so yeah, man, it's uh, overall, yeah, you made yourself title contenders favorites for the next two seasons but what you do for yourself down the road yet to be seen um i guess you got to trust rob palinka as a laker fan at this point yeah and very very yankee-esque mentality of when now and we'll see what happens in the future um just a few more little tidbits here about the nba free agency uh, chris paul resigned with the suns uh, made himself a little bit more money which uh, can be viewed uh, two point as obviously a winner for Chris Fall himself and his uh, bank account, um, but his age is getting <laughs> up there, being able to run it back uh, with more money involved in him directly. Uh, may not pan out as well, very similar to the conversation we were having about the Lakers and uh, their older veterans. Um, another questionable move, and we talked about it off air, was the signing of the Cleveland Cavaliers getting Jarrett Allen, uh, giving him a ton of money, signing him to a $100 million contract, which I think we both kind of just shook our heads at and was kind of just, okay, you, you yeah, signed a it. guy, just just trying to get your name in the, in the newspaper kind of deal. Um, but yeah, they signed him as 23-year-old center, five-year deal. Uh, it's a pretty good deal for him. Um, I guess another tidbit out there would be uh, the Bucks losing P.J. Tucker is a little bit of a hit for them as well. Um, they were actually obviously winning the championship. He was a big piece of that. So it'll be interesting to see what they do 
um, to try and fill that void that they have. Uh, Fletch, do you have any other things that uh, caught your interest here in the NBA free agency? Yeah, the Jared Allen was kind of wild. Um, I just pulled up his numbers just to make sure I wasn't tripping, man. <laughs> uh, 13 points, 10 rebounds a game, played 63 games this year. Um, I mean, he's efficient. Shoot free throw, 70%. I mean, I'm just kind of glossing at it. You didn't really – I mean, I, let's be honest. How many Cav, Cavalier games are we really watching? So, <laughs> um, I mean, I've seen him play. I like I like, I like, like what I saw out of uh, out of, out of Texas. Um, I like what he did in Brooklyn, but I don't know if he paid a guy that much money, man. That's that's a lot. That's a lot. But nonetheless, man, uh, get your paper, young fella. That's uh, – I'm happy for him. Let's put it like that. <laughs> um, yeah. One thing to mention was I'm going to go back to the Pelicans a little bit. That one was questionable, but what I do like about it is this. It tells me that they are planning to put the ball in the hands of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So, therefore, they did not go out and get a traditional point guard to replace Lonzo Ball. Um, it could be it's, – it's risky, though, because you missed out on a lot of guys. I don't know if they wanted Kimba Walker, but you missed out on him. I don't know if Derrick Rose was an option as somebody who you didn't have to pay a lot. You could bring him in. I don't know if they were looking at any any other younger guards, maybe like Cameron Payne, who resigned in Phoenix, which is great for them, great for him as well, especially knowing his story. But, I mean, you really didn't bring in um, – a guard to replace Lonzo. You just brought in basically a guy. He can shoot. He can shoot his butt off though. Devontae Graham is a hell of a shooter. So that's what I'm thinking that they decided to do is go in a more non-traditional route. And you know, hey, we're gonna put the ball in our stars' hands. Everybody around him is just, you know, you gotta, you gotta just, you got, you gotta be there and ready when the ball comes to you. Be ready to make plays. Be ready to shoot. You know, try to make sure you get these guys involved a little bit more. I see no reason why both of these guys combined should average 50 points a game next year, seeing that the personnel and what it is. So that's one thing about New Orleans that I'm happy to see is that these two guys seem to, they're going to have the ball quite a bit and they are, and they are fun to watch. So a um, little bit of contrast in styles, but both are, you know, bona fide scores. Zion's a hell of a rebounder. Ingram's playmaking is pretty solid as well for, for his position. So I'm happy to see what they do. And I'm hope Devontae Graham could really move the needle with him a little bit and help him get, at least in the playing tournament. I think right now with the team that they have, new coach, the playing tournament is where you want to be. It's, they want to be in that 7 to 10 range. You want to obviously do better than that, but I think realistically that's where they should be shooting for. Yeah, absolutely agree. Hopefully that young nucleus down there will allow them to potentially get into the playing games, maybe uh, achieve a little bit more and get into one of those uh, coveted top spots. Um, but we'll definitely see what happens there, especially if the – few moves that they did make, uh, like I mentioned earlier, are going to keep Zion interested in uh, New Orleans. Um, well, I think that does it for today. I do want to thank you again, Fletch, for joining me yet again. I uh, want to thank everyone here that has been watching us on YouTube. If you don't have the time to watch us on YouTube, we have plenty of other spots that you can listen to us. Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, it's probably out there. Simply go to anchor.fm slash aka sports and click your favorite one. But before we close out today, uh, we did want to mention that the college football landscape is continuing to evolve. There is rumblings out there about the Big 12 and the Pac-12 potentially becoming more of a partnership than anything else. Uh, Fletch, what else are you hearing about uh, college football landscape? 
Oh, I'm hearing a, a, quite a bit of rumblings, like you said. Maybe just some smoke, but we know there's fire somewhere. Uh, right now, it's just not as big a big of a fire as we need it to be to kind of really talk too much about it. But one thing that has been kind of thrown around is a Pac-12, Big 12 merger, uh, which would be a, team, a total of t 20 teams. I've even heard of that still being able to happen if some teams do decide to go to the Big 10, uh, the ACC, the ACC. Um, the one thing that would that would that was a little interesting to me is how West Virginia is in a fold with a Pac-12 type of a with the West Coast Conference, uh, with you know twelve teams on the Pacific Coast there or at least near it. You got West Virginia on the East Coast or near it, and uh, the travel the traveling there. So it's kind of a wait and see between that over the next five years. But we'll probably get some more news on it, you know, throughout the course of the season. Um, the other things that have been mentioned is the, uh, well, you know, what's next for the Big Ten and the ACC and how they kind of play into this role and what, what teams are they possibly going to get out of the deal or are they going to do something with the SEC to possibly make some things happen there. Um, but outside of that, man, I got some player news for you. We got uh, okay. Justin Ross, the wide receiver out of Clemson, is coming back. Um, his freshman year, I, went, I, I think they were either in the title game or won the title. I can't remember. But I know as a freshman, he was – you know, highly touted as one of the the better the best wide receivers out. You see some guys that are kind of in the same era that are now in the league with Justin Jefferson tearing the league up. You got Jamar Chase in the league coming up here. Um, you got uh, some guys out of Ohio State, uh, more guys there out of uh, out of Bama and Jerry Judy uh, coming out recently. So these are his counterparts, if you will. Jalen Waddle. I don't want to miss too many names. Devontae Smith, another one. But um, he was honestly my favorite one. So. We'll, we'll see what he does. And then you have the uh, number one quarterback that reclassed from last year in uh, Quinn, uh, Quinn Ewers. He decided to go ahead and forego his senior year in high school to go ahead and join Ohio State this offseason. We have a big quarterback battle up in uh, Columbus right now with, you know, two, arguably three guys. And you throw this guy into the mix with Stroud and McCord. So, I mean... I don't know if he plays this year, but having him on the roster and two other, you know, high school Hall of or uh, All American athletes to kind of you know go back and forth with steel sharp and steel. So whatever quarterback you get out of Ohio State should be a really good one for the next few years to come. Agreed. That uh, reclassment there was a, definitely a surprise. He had mentioned uh, to the media that he couldn't quite make money as a senior in high school. So that's kind of the, yeah. one of the main reasons why he reclassified. But yes, that room is now stacked and loaded. It'll be very interesting, interesting to see which players are uh, available to play this coming year, as well as which ones decide to potentially jump into the transfer portal. Uh, very likely with only with all four of them there, it's very likely that one of them may decide to do just that. Um, but like we had mentioned with all of this college, uh, the ever-evolving landscape of college sports, uh, just simply pay attention. Uh, there's going to be more and more information that comes out. We will cover it just as well as we can. Um, for Fletch, my name is Clark Heron, a.k.a. The Harry Hobo, and we're out. Peace.